ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. Oh, goddess. Just wait till you hear today's episode. So when I turned 40, yes, I am 47, a proud 47. When I turned 40, or I should say maybe it was like the six months leading up to turning 40, I started getting all of these emails and Facebook messages from women who I hadn't talked to since we were girls, right? Like girls I went to summer camp with or women I went to summer camp with when we were eight years old. Women I went to high school with when we were 16, 17. Women from the sorority when I was 20. And the emails all started the same. I don't know if it's because I'm turning 40, but dot, dot, dot. And even though the content that came after them was a little bit different, they all really said the same thing. I don't know if it's because I'm turning 40, but my life does not look like how I thought it would look. Or I do not feel the way I thought I would feel. Right, my life looks exactly like I thought it would look. I have the partner, I have the three kids, I have the picket fence. Why am I so unhappy inside? Or I thought I would be married with kids by now and I have this huge career and I'm not happy inside. Or I thought I would like my body finally by now and I don't. And all these women who I hadn't talked to since we were girls but were following me on Facebook, reaching out and I'm so fucking honored that you did. Because if I hadn't done all of the personal work that I had done before reaching 40, I would have been exactly right there with you, right? I had it earlier. And then in my 30s was like, why do I feel this way? What am I really here for? What's my purpose? I want to feel beautiful no matter what. I want to feel sexy, like all of it. And I was so excited and inspired by it that that's what led me to my very first group program. It was called This Is 40, and it was like, let's fucking make our 40s fabulous. And I had 18 women in that program, and I only did it once. And maybe at some point I should do it again. But if I do, I'm going to do it with the woman that I'm connecting you with now. Because one of my dearest friends and soul sisters and colleagues is the expert, the leader of revolutionizing midlife. Amanda Hansen is leading the way for all of us. She is this, you're going to hear. She is the person who is changing the face and the way that we do midlife forever. Let me introduce you to Amanda. Amanda is a clinical psychologist and transformational coach who works with women in midlife. And by the way, if you're not in midlife, you're going to want to listen to this too, because as all of us always tell Amanda, Amanda, this is for every woman, okay? It doesn't matter if you are 16 or you are 76 or 86. This is every woman. She is revolutionizing the midlife space and the way that we understand what it means to be a woman who is aging. 
you're going to hear, like she puts in my ear all the time about what a freaking glorious thing it is to be a wise woman. Through her one-on-one work, group programs, masterminds, she ignites a spark and shows women what is possible when we reimagine midlife and reclaim what it means to be a mature woman. Amanda is a living example of what is possible after 40, and she has created a community of women who are all rising up and demanding more for ourselves. She's only getting started. This woman, you're going to hear about her in all the New York Times bestselling author lists one day. I'm just so grateful that I get to be on the ride with her. Amanda, welcome to the Purpose Girl podcast. Mm, Karen, thank you for such an exquisite and heartfelt introduction. I am deeply honored to be here and to talk about this conversation, because this is a conversation that I don't feel is happening in the way that it needs to be happening. I do believe there are midlife conversations. I don't know how well they're serving the souls mm. of the women who need the message. Yes. Yeah, right. Because the conversation is the crisis. Yes. It doesn't look like I thought it would. I still don't like myself. I still judge myself too much. I still compare myself. I thought I would be making more money. And you are this breath of fresh air that's like, we get to live an extraordinary life now. And it doesn't have to be focused on what's wrong. Mm. We get to decide what's right. It's true because when I was really entering this space myself and doing my own investigation and looking for spaces and places to rise together with other women, when I would just begin simply typing in the word midlife in my Google search mm -hmm. engine, it would always complete the word midlife for me and attach the word crisis. And I thought, is it possible that we can do midlife without the peace that feels so much like a crisis? Is mm -hmm. it possible we can ask for something better? And here's where I think, I, I think that there's two pieces why it may feel like a crisis. I believe that one of the big reasons it may feel like a crisis for women, Karen, is because so much of the energy, so much of the cultural messaging has been spent on setting women up to find most of their power and their visibility in how they look. Mm. And I think the big, big, yes. really dangerous and insidious vacuum we can get sucked into is women is when we reach this time where we really do start to have our looks changing as they do for all humans, what I see happening is men seem to enter the space and it's almost as if they don't even blink an eye. It is like men age and they are revered. They are distinguished for it. I mean, I'm married to a silver fox. Same. Right. And I had a client who was like 25 at the time and she's like, Josh is such a silver fox, right? And it's like, so it doesn't matter what age. We see a man that age, like, ooh, sexy. Mm -hmm. But what do, what do we see, right? Like, your hair is growing. I was thinking of you, Amanda, when I was putting on my um, moisturizer today because I noticed at the bottom of the tube, it says age-defying. And I was like, you mother effers, mm. this is why we need Amanda Hansen because why do I have to defy my age? That's I'm freaking it. proud of it. Yes, Karen. That's exactly it. And the words anti-aging, right? Like there's so many products. And so for me, as I was entering midlife, and I there was a piece of me to be totally honest with you that I actually felt a little bit envious 
when I looked at my husband and how easily, he's six years older than me, how easily he and his friends seemed just kind of, it was almost like a a non-event for any of them. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. for me, I was still at the time getting my hair colored. All my friends were starting to have the conversation about when's the best time to start Botox. And I think that's when I really started to feel my anger around it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this almost feels insulting. Mm-hmm. That this is what it's come down to as a woman, that my looks, my youthful appearance is really the only actual currency or power that I hold. Right, right. This is so profound, Amanda, that we are set up to believe that our value is our looks. And by the way, the story, like listening to you, right? It's not just that, it's that. The story is that young looking Mm. is better. Mm. Yes. And so we're trying age-defying moisturizer or the Botox, and no shame on any of you who do any of that. Right? Amanda is a silver fox. Her hair is so foxy. Y'all got to see this picture of her. It's so She doesn't dye it. And I'm going to admit to all of you that I do. Right? Like, And I question myself around it. Because Karen, you're taking a stand for women to love themselves, and, blah, blah. and right now I love my hair brown black. Mm, yes, <laughs> and so yes, and yes. I'm aware that this is a cultural thing. Mm, mm. At least I'm aware of it, right? Because I always challenge this idea. Like if we were living on some remote island mm. and we were aging, mm-hmm. is it possible that if we really had had held or were holding women in this like reverence as they became midlife and they were like the stewards, they were the elders, Mm. they were the ones we went and sat under the trees with to learn from. Their silver hair shimmering and their leathered, wrinkled skin, then that is what we would all be wanting. But I think it's only because we live in this patriarchal culture that says women should not be fully human. To be aging and to, to age as a woman is almost a failure, if you will. Yes. Yeah. When, how is it a failure? It's actually a success. Uh, that's what <laughs> because I say all what's the, the time? alternative? Right? I'm sure. I'm anything you hear from me. I probably got from Amanda. We spend a lot of time together, <laughs> and thank goddess that we spend a lot of time together. But yeah, I mean, what is our alternative to like to not be alive anymore? But what you just painted for all of us, Amanda, of the wise woman that actually was revered for thousands of years and revered as sexy in her own way Mm. and in her own right. Mm. Men still wanted to sleep with her. Women, I'm sure, wanted, everybody wanted to, right? But that she was actually more powerful in her sex Mm. as she got older. And that, Karen, is exactly the work that I'm doing in the world. Yes, of Mm. course, the physical piece, it's like a, a small surface piece that we explore, but the depth and the juice of the work is Mm. in this reclamation that, oh my gosh, you mean to tell me I still can have desire? Because it has felt like that switch Mm. has been turned off for a while. Yeah. How do I get back there? Oh, you mean that these long-term relationships that I've been in for 10, 15, 20 years can still find our way back to each other? Mm. Because I think what happens is a lot of women in midlife think, well, you know, I had the fun in my 20s and 30s. I did all mm-hmm. the stuff. And mm-hmm. I even have women say to me, gosh, I did really always dream of being an artist or I really always thought about getting my PhD. 
And when I say to them, and, and why not now? Yes. It's this idea of like, oh, it's too late. Yes. Oh, my goddess. As if the dreams are only reserved for the 39 and under crowd. Yes. I, I dare say the 33 and under crowd. Mm. Right? Even the 29 and under crowd. Mm. Yes. The, and it's like, yes. <laughs> the first time I rolled out Goddess on Purpose, a woman messaged me that day and said, I'm 64. I'm sure I'm too old for this. Mm. Well, sister, you're going to, God willing, turn, you're going to be 64 whether you do this or you don't do this. Exactly. <laughs> so let's, let's do this. Yes. But let's, right, let's like really do this. God willing, you've got, you know, 30, 35, 40 years ahead of you. Let's make them really freaking awesome. Mm. And I see that, Amanda, as what you do. Yes. Right? Like women owning and claiming, yes, I can have desire now. Yes, I'm worthy of it. In fact, I've actually earned it. Mm, <laughs> right? like, yes. All the years I raised my kids or was in that abusive relationship or whatever it was or worked all those years at that office, I earned it. Mm, absolutely. And I think women who are currently in the midlife phase, nine times out of 10, were raised by women who didn't necessarily take a stand for more for themselves. So mm. if we were raised by mothers or grandmothers or older sisters who were sending the message to marry well, or, <laughs> well, we only have enough money for one of you to go to college and it's going to be your brother. Mm. Or we only have enough time to invest in one person doing um, extracurriculars or sports. I mean, think about it. You're going to be in the kitchen and with babies mostly anyways. Like these are messages mm. women tell me they have heard on the regular, including myself. So we yeah. are automatically set up. A lot of us who are currently in midlife with this message and this undercurrent that to be in relationship to other people and to be in service to others was the goal, was yes. the arrival point, was the big crescendo. And so I think what happens as well is women get all the things. They get the husband, they get the children, they get the house and maybe like a career of some sort. But I think we get all of these things and the peace because we're so busy, like acquiring and attaining and especially being in service to all the people is I think the peace that we don't really ever get is the relationship to ourselves. Mm. Because I don't know about you, but I was raised on a belief that that's selfish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I was one of the lucky ones. I mean, we all are lucky in our own ways. That was raised by a woman who was a career woman. Mm. However, mm. my mom was the breadwinner, worked longer hours, but woke up at like 4 a.m. to make all of our lunches, including my dad's, even though he came home for lunch every day. Wow. So why is she making his lunch? Wow. Right. Why yes. is she putting the tuna fish on the bread? He comes home and eats lunch. His office was five minutes away. Yes. So... I still grew up with that model of selfless, selfless woman, do everything for everyone else. And the way that she could have a career, she said, your father let me. Mm. And I know how she meant it. Yes, right? yes. What she meant was there were a lot of her friends whose husbands didn't want them, their wives working, right? Yes. That was her experience of her friends. So I know how she meant it. And it wasn't like my dad is like, I'm going to let you kind of a thing. Right. I mean, think about it. Our mothers had credit cards that said Mrs. Larry Rockkind. Yes. It wasn't even her own name. She yeah. had no identity. No. And, and women couldn't even own their own bank account 
without mm. until 1972. They needed a co-signature of a man. That's the year I was born. Oh my goddess. It's it's absolutely incredible and I even work with women now who at the end of the mastermind, my six-month mastermind, where we culminate in an in-person gathering. And I have women now who are in midlife who say to me, can you help me craft the conversation? These are strong, empowered, amazing women. Can you help me craft the conversation around talking to my husband and asking him about coming to the retreat aspect of this? Right, 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 right. And so this idea for women who are currently in midlife, coming from the generation that raised us, we are still under this veil of if we take up too much space for ourselves, too much time, live too much into our desires, that we are somehow that is extracting from the people that we also serve. And that a big part of the message that I work on with them is helping them bring their partners in to understand and make that paradigm shift for their family and the generations that will follow that they're raising and have her explain and help him understand the beautiful, overflowing ways that this matters to her, how this serves her, how this fills her up, how this ultimately, and we shouldn't have to do this piece, but how it ultimately will make her a better mother, a better wife, a better all the things, but really coming from a place of, honey, I love you so much. And this is something I am declaring. This is something I am claiming. And let me help you understand why it is Mm. so essential in the same way that food and clean water Mm -hmm. are essential Mm -hmm. for me. Yes. Yes. Because what I really find, I remember when I was going to many in-person retreats at one time, my husband said something along the lines of, I'm really confused. It seems like every few months you're, you're getting together, you're going to another retreat, you're going... So confused. <laughs> and I said, it's really twofold, honey. One is that the level of conditioning we as women have been living under takes a lot of undoing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is so beautifully done in community with other women who are also doing that kind of work. Yeah, so well said. And it is something I didn't even know I needed until I stepped in the first time. And now I realize, and this is the piece about that quote unquote crisis as well. I think why women feel like something's missing, something's missing is because for me, at least my experience was once I walked through that door the first time and I gathered in sisterhood with other women, only then Karen, did I realize what had always been missing. My connection to self and sisterhood on that level is what was missing. That's why right. I felt like I was slipping into a black hole. Right. And and of course you did. I mean, I need to brag on you for a minute, sister. You are a PhD clinical psychologist, so you had a practice. You raised five children through everything that a mother could experience, mm. which is your story to tell, not mine. And those are all like amazing. And you, I mean, you all need to like listen to her podcast and you need to like really attune to Amanda because the ways that you've mothered, you are like my parenting coach without you realizing it. <laughs> Thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> and how do we not get lost in that, right? Like, you know, you and I are basically the same age. I'm just two years younger than you, but your children are, are, are grown, almost fully grown mm-hmm. and either fully grown or almost. And I've got a one-year-old 
and I see myself slipping. Fortunately, I don't allow it, right? I'm like, no, we're putting on the red lipstick and the hoop earrings. Yeah. Because I've done all the stuff and all the work, and you and I met through Mama Gina and all of that. So, you know, you yourself had this, you were going into the black hole, and then you realized, like, oh my gosh, what's been, mi I have all the things, the house, mm. the husband, the kids. Mm. Something is missing, and I find this a lot with my clients, and any of you out there, if you're like nodding, like, oh my gosh, something is missing for me, that then we can feel guilty. How could I want more? Yes. I already have the house. Like, you know, why should I want more? It's the double bind. It's the classic mm. double bind for women mm. that gets us. I think that we have also raised women in this like belief system of, and, and I, I felt this for 10 years, so hardcore. I would almost feel sick to my stomach that something, I was longing for something more and I didn't know what it was because mm. yes, we had financial security. I had a great, you know, a great husband and we were working on the marriage always. <laughs> As we all know, anyone who's married, it's a forever work in progress and raising the children. Mm -hmm. And I thought, who are you to long for more? Yeah. And it who would, are you to want more? It made me feel so Are you ungrateful? Sick. Yes. <laughs> so we keep women so deeply steeped in like just gratitude practice, gratitude practice. And you, I mm. love a good gratitude practice. I am, yes. even this morning I was, and I posted on my Instagram with my candles, like literally bowing to the gratitude for every aspect intentionally of my life. But I also believe very strongly that gratitude in and of itself can be its own trap. Yes. Because then women, and they almost use gratitude, I think is like a little, like to hide behind, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. stay small. Because well, mm -hmm. I've got all this, I don't, I'm just so, I'm just so grateful. I would have never imagined my life would have been this good. Yes. yes. And then that removes that pressure to long for a little bit more. And I just believe like, I, I love to listen to Melanie Ann Lair talk about this, this, this walk, one step in gratitude, the next step in desire, one yes. step in gratitude, the next in desire. So yes, gratitude. And oh my gosh, let's bring on all that we are desiring for in this mm. lifetime. Mm. And this is the best time to create it. We yes. are have all this wisdom that we've curated a lot and picked up on our journey. Yes, yes. I do this exercise with clients and I created it during that This Is 40 time where I create a, a ladder for them. Mm. Right? Because, and it really, this came from the whole over the hill bullshit. Uh, I remember when, yes. when I was 10 years old, my parents turned 40. And by the way, the doctors all told my mom that she was an old mother with me. Oh, <laughs> right? oh. being 29, that she was an old mother with me. Oh, geriatric pregnancy. Geriatric pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I bragged that my sister had a baby at 47 or 8, and I had a baby at 45. And so, so well bragged and so hot. Throw that shit out, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And so when I was 10, we got him a cake that was of a hill, and there was a frosting man bent over the hill. Mm. <laughs> Because right? that was that was the turn forty cake over the hill. Oh my goddess! Yeah, I remember it so well. The frosting man, <laughs> and right, a man made out of frosting. And I've always—it's interesting the things that stick in our mind, right? Mm. And it's like, is it over at forty? And so, of course, we have that idea, and we've been then so self-sacrificial, raising the babies, taking care of our colleagues, the dog, the all the things, because we've been told. Your val listening to you, right? Your value is your youthful good looks. And then your value is how good of a mother are you? 
Absolutely. It doesn't give us much leeway, does it? No. Well, what about us? Right. So one of the exercises that, that I, I've done with clients and I created it during that program was to create like the hill. And that every step of the hill, like a ladder, every step of the hill is a trauma that you overcame. Mm. You were in an abusive marriage. Yeah, but you got out, sister. The courage, the strength. Or even if you're not out, you're talking to me as your coach or you're talking to Amanda. Like, yes. or, you know, or the triumphs mm. that you went to college and you were the first person in your family or whatever the things were that every single step has been the thing mm. that gets us now to stand at the top of the hill mm. with our flag, our freak flag flying. Mm. <laughs> yes. yes. Right. And that's what you're saying is that we have so much wisdom now mm. that yes. we can apply so that this gets to be, you're always saying, Amanda, this gets to be the best time of our life. Yes. And Karen, being a 49 year old woman, I have to tell you, sister, the last two years in particular, I've harnessed something that is so unfuckable with that I, I, it's just this energetic that I have never, and I cry about this so much, like, because I, the reason I cry about it is it makes me sad that I was searching for so long and all the time what I was searching mm. for was my own liberation and my own expression. Yes. And I, I found it like deeply, deeply, deeply found it, felt it palpably. Like I'd read about it. I'd heard about it. I workshopped about it, but we all arrive when we're really ready. And for mm. me, it was around 46, 47. And now that I am there, that's why this work has taken mm. off like a wildfire because it brings women into mm. this kind of love that, well, I love deeply my husband and my children and my career. Karen, I haven't experienced a love like I have for myself. <sighs> and that to me is really, that's the foundation of the work that I do because yes. women feel so unlovable once they reach midlife. So it's helping them build that foundation of love. And from that beautiful, steady foundation, we can build our fempires. And if your mm. fempire is service still or something in your community, if your fempire is building your own business, if your fempire is starting a new school for children with special needs, whatever your fempire is, we can build that, but we have to build it on the foundation of self-love because ultimately mm. that's what everything comes back to. Mm -hmm. And I've never everything. been taught. I've never been taught there was no ceremony. There was no rite of passage. I've never been taught how to actually love even the shadows of who I am. Yes. I mean, I missed that class in school for sure. I don't know if I was sick that day, but mm. we were never taught. No. Speaking of Melanie, I was just listening to something from her today. And she said, the issue isn't what we learn as children but that there's no passage to womanhood. Mm. No one is teaching us how to take radical self-responsibility no. or that we're worthy of it. That's the piece, Karen. I think that you just nailed it. That is the piece, right? Because even if we learn, because I did pick up little things along the way, right? Of like how to take radical responsibility and maybe a little fluff here and there about how to like be a woman. But I got to <laughs> tell you, Karen, 99% of the time, it was in relation to somebody else. Mm, right. You're worthy if your kids are great on the soccer field or getting good grades or are well-behaved on the airplane. 
right? right? You're worthy if your partner is good at their job or whatever the thing, right? It's it's in relation. So Amanda, how do you work on worthiness mm, yeah, with our sisters? That's such a beautiful question. And there are so many ways, but one is very, very palpable and, but yet profound, like easy to, easy to access, fairly easy to quote unquote do really difficult to fully follow through on is I have, this is one of many, but this would be an example. I have clients, I have a beautiful playlist and I have clients listen to some of the songs and then pick one that really resonates with them that they love. All of them are the best of the love songs. Mm. And then I have them put themselves in front of a mirror <sighs> and with unbreakable eye contact, then hear that song, sing that song oh. and dance to it. And Karen, I have to tell you, I mean, it has been even to witness it. And it's so hard for women in the beginning and they keep looking away and they keep looking away. And I, I'm right there with them and I'm modeling it and we're doing it and tears are usually streaming because it is so often that we have grown up listening to love songs, dreaming of a lost love, fantasizing of someone we, that we haven't yet met. Right. Prince Charming or Princess Charming, but we all grew up with our generation. We grew up with Disney and it was a Prince Charming. He's going to come on a white horse and, rescue and wake you. us up. Yes. Wake you up rescue. and rescue you with his love. Right. Yes. But the, but the, the dangerous piece about that is people leave, children disappoint us, people mm. cheat on us, people die, jobs collapse. But the one thing we always have is us. We've, yes. we've always got us, but no one teaches us how to harness that. And so when the husband leaves or when the children do the catastrophic behavior in the world, then we somehow feel that we can, we're going to crumble, that we cannot possibly stand or sustain because what will people think? What kind of woman, mother am I that this even was possible or this mm. happened? And so it is in establishing that worth that it's so <sighs> unshakable that says every person in proximity to me is on their own very specific spiritual journey. Mm. I am not responsible for the decisions they make and the decisions they make do not determine my worth. Mm -hmm. My worth is determined by myself and that unfuckable with love, but that kind of love, there's no one, two, three step to how can I get you to find your worth? It's a process. <laughs> That's why we go deep and we spend months together because mm -hmm. we are undoing decades and decades of our own personal conditioning right. and thousands of years of lies and poison that women have absorbed. Mm, yes. Okay, first of all, that exercise, mm. I am melted over here. I am melted. Mm. Like, holy shit, that's a must do. And I can only imagine how powerful it is with you actually holding a sister's hand or shoulder as she does. I can't even. I'm covered in chills even as I think I, of it. <laughs> I'm like half melting and half orgasming over here. Like yes, it sounds yes. so good. I'm right. And what you just said about we are undoing decades, right? Those of us in midlife, at least four decades and generations. I mean, thousands of years of women being told what we're allowed to be, who we're allowed to be, that our worth is based on being a wife, being a mother, and that's it. 
And those are worthy things. It's not that they're not, but that it comes from within. You know, and one of the things I always find about you, Amanda, I mean, here you are, five children, all this that you've been through. You're sexy as Oh, thank you, sister. (laughs) I, it's so true. (laughs) It is so true. (laughs) Because I mean, even this dress, like, and that's, I, I that's when my husband's like, that's the energetic when we go somewhere that, and I want this for all women. There is a difference between, I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100, everything in between. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter what color your hair is. It doesn't matter what kind of makeup you do or do not have on. It is an energetic current that we feel when we walk in a room. And I feel that. And you know why, Karen? Because when I wake up every morning, when I'm grabbing my toothbrush, I put my toothpaste on. And my ritual in the morning before I put my toothpaste is I make eye contact and I say, you are such a beautiful queen. Mm. You are so worthy. Look at this gorgeous evidence of the life you have lived and the wrinkles on your face, the silver in your hair. It is my morning mantra because I believe firmly that the words we say to ourselves, the thoughts we believe ends up being the life that we live. Yes. The words we say to ourselves, the thoughts we believe ends up being the life that we live. Can everyone please put that on a bumper sticker and put it right in your office or car or wherever you are listening? So if we want to create that is profound, worth, Amanda. If we want to create that worth, then we need to say those types of statements to ourselves. First of all, you all can't see her, but like, because you're just hearing this, but I can always see my guests. And so when Amanda was just saying that, she was like saying it to me. And she was speaking, and I was like, oh, I am the most beautiful queen that has ever existed. Yes. I am. And I was like, yes. huh, right? Yes. And so I can already feel the power, mm. right? And like, I'll do it where I look in the mirror and I'll say, hi, beautiful. But you're taking it to like mm. a 10X level, sister. Mm. And I'm honoring the, the aging. Yes, rather than bypa- it. I'm not bypassing it. I'm not slathering it with anti-aging cream. I'm honoring what is what yes. I am witnessing. Yes. Very and different And you energy. and I have talked about it where people are like, your friends are like, why are you not coloring your hair? Or like, why are you not getting Botox? And what I love, one of many things I love about you, you're like, oh no, these wrinkles, they're part of my beauty. Oh, yes. This is like, I've laughed for hours yes. with people. I've Yes. I've been in agony on the floor with sick children. I have worried about their mental health. I've worried about their physical health. I've wondered if my marriage would make it. There have been tears that have graced these cheeks. There have been the furrow lines on my forehead where my third eye and my intuition lives. Mm. I want it to be, I want to be able to access it all the time. I want to be able to witness because I don't want to bypass what I believe personally is part of my spiritual journey, accepting Mm. what's happening in front of myself in the mirror in a world that tells me I'm invisible, I'm unworthy. You know, this is kind of like the overarching message women in age, as we age get. And I hold myself firmly planted there and I say, absolutely not. Mm. We are choosing something more beautiful. And I have a daughter watching me. Yes. And I'll be damned if she's going to watch me feel bad about this gift of aging. Yes, sister. Mm. 
That is it right there. And so all of you listening, think about that daughter, that niece, even that son. Yes, even our sons. What are they learning about how a woman speaks to herself? Mm. How a woman values her thighs mm. or her belly mm. or her hair? How we speak to ourselves is everything. And these exercises, Amanda, are so juicy. I can only imagine like someone who's in your longer programs, whether that's your eight-week program or your six-month program, like, oh my God, it's getting months of this. Like, holy freaking God. I'm so blessed I get you all the time. Mm. Amanda and I are in two masterminds together. We can't get enough of each other. <laughs> we can't get enough of each other. It's like, okay, more please, more please. Yes. It's so good. Yes. So good. And I told Amanda I have a vision of us being on stage together one day. I said that to you when we were in California once. Absolutely. For a retreat. It's happening. So it is so happening. And it's not like every minute of your life is easy now. I mean, oh. I've witnessed you go through the ringer or people try to put you through the ringer for your messaging. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. You know, similar, Karen, to this idea of childbirth, like natural childbirth versus medicalized childbirth, mm -hmm. breastfeeding versus bre non-breastfeeding, mm -hmm. um, Botox versus non-Botox. It's like stay-at-home mom, working mom, mm -hmm. right? It's like these camps that were are set up to divide us. And so what I think happens is there's this slippery slope when a woman like me takes a stand and says, I am revolutionizing the way we do midlife. Mm. I'm leading with the way that I'm doing it, but that does not mean that all women aren't welcome. In my mm -hmm. revolution, every woman is welcome. And whether you do Botox or don't do Botox, color your mm -hmm. hair, that is not the point. The point is that you make your decision, you make an informed decision based on what feels most loving and nourishing to you. But I will tell you what I have found. One of my mm. clients, her mother, every year for Christmas, gives her her one-year package for the Botox at the spa that she's been going to for eight years. Mm. She said to her mom this year, mom, instead of giving me that package, will you give me the amount of money for that package? I'm using it to continue my work with Amanda. <gasps> ah! Because she said, this yes. is better than Botox. This is my soul. I've never <sighs> felt this alive. And oh that's where I want to invest my money now. I have chills. Yeah. She just told me this the other day. Oh, so good. I know. So good. I once had a woman say she wanted to coach with me and then call me back and say, I'm going to put the money to Botox. And I thought, that's wonderful. And you're going to be calling me again in you know, a few months because the Botox wears off. It does. And the soul. Right. So it's not against it. It's just like the, doing that. And, and you actually, Amanda, have a course coming up. I do. It begins February 9th. It is an mm -hmm. eight-week Queen's inauguration where I will be walking women through really the essence of everything that I believe and stand for in a way that is so yummy and so delicious that includes homework and really tangible ways for women to kind of start to take in this message for themselves. And if they mm -hmm. want to create better communication in their relationships, if they want to tap more into their sensuality, their self-love, their self-trust, their, their what's my next iteration for my career, all of that is intertwined in the most delicious, beautiful community and sisterhood through my leadership in these eight weeks. It really helps them mm. like kind of dip their toe into everything that revolutionizing midlife means. It's so... Mm 
much fun. It's kind of like a big party. Um, it's like the, the healthy version of a sorority for women in midlife. <laughs> yes. Sign me up. We have friends who are like, I can't wait till I turn 40 and get to work with Amanda. <laughs> I know. I remember they were saying like, can I get a fake ID that says I'm 40? <laughs> Yes. We joke with it all the time for their friends who are younger than us. So, nope, this one's just for us. But I know you're going to be opening up more for every woman in the future. Oh, yes. All right. I could talk to you forever, obviously. So I'll just see you in our next call, uh, our next mastermind. <laughs> but so I always do something with with my guests called a purpose power play round, asking a couple of random questions and whatever's the first thing that comes to your mind. And so I'm just going to ask a couple because of time. When you were a little girl, what's one dream you had? To become a psychologist. Oh, and you did it, sister. Freaking genius. And what do you dream of now for the world? I dream of a world that decides that women are beautiful and worthy and free and honorary. Mm. It has nothing to do with the way they look, but the way they are, the way they be. Mm. Yes, please. That's a world I want to live in. A book everyone needs to read. A book everyone needs to read, The Alchemist. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Underline that for sure. Mm. All right, last question, sister. What's one thing you want every woman to know? That she is everything that she's been searching for outside of herself. It's in her. She's the one. She's mm. the one she's been searching for. Mm. <sighs> Is she like honey to your soul or what? Mm -hmm. Amanda, you're like honey to the soul mixed with like juice to the pussy. You're mm -hmm. like, you are like, you juice me up and you soothe me. It's like everything all together. It's so good. Yeah. All right. Amanda, where can everyone find you? They can find me on Revolutionizing Midlife on Instagram, Revolutionizing Midlife on Facebook, and then Amanda Hansen, H-A-N-S-O-N.com. Amazing. And we, of course, have all those links in our show notes. Amanda, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the Purpose Girl podcast. I love you like it's going out of style. Like I love you, love you, love you with every cell of my being. Karen, I love you so much. And it's truly been such an honor to spend this time with you and your mm. guests and your audience. Thank you so much. Thank you, sister. Mm. And to all of you out there, thank you for listening. We hope you loved this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. If you did, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, leave your five-star review. It literally takes you 30 seconds to do that. And that's how we change the world one woman at a time, because each one of those reviews tells other women to listen. And that is how we are growing 360, 370,000 downloads we're at now, reaching all of those women around the world. Of course, if you haven't joined the Purpose Girls Facebook group, what are you waiting for? We are 4,200 women strong supporting each other. Go to Facebook. Join that free group right now. And follow me on Instagram at Karen Rockind. And of course, share this episode with every woman you know in midlife so that we can have this revolution that we were born for and that we deserve. And with that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself. And may you love life. Bye for now.